0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Friend of a Friend. It's your host, Olivia Perez. I am thrilled to be here today because we took a week off last week, and I always miss the pod when we skip a week for the holidays. But I also was super sick for like 10 days, I was completely out of commission. I lost my voice for like five of them. And I don't remember the last time that happened to me. Literally anytime I tried to speak, nothing would come out of my mouth. And as a podcaster, that's I think my worst nightmare. So I am so happy to be back on the mic today. Happy to have you guys here and to be releasing an episode that I love so much because I am such a genuine fan of watching New York, and I'm sure that so many of you are. I've heard so many times and can also testify to the fact that people watching in New York is the absolute best. Nowhere tops it. Johnny Cirillo, the man behind watching New York, is truly living proof of this. As the photographer behind one of Instagram's most beloved accounts, he actually heads out every single day onto the streets of New York City to shoot the most interesting and stylish personalities that he can find. He will stealthily document their outfits, hide in the corner, hide across the street. He'll strike up a conversation with them, interview them, and share the stories of everyday people he meets on the street, to his close to 1 million followers on Instagram and TikTok. But when Johnny took his first photo for the account way back in 2016, he had no idea that six years later, he would run one of the most popular street style accounts and shoot for brands like Tory Burch and Balenciaga. I love today's conversation. Johnny and I talk all about his introduction to photography. We talk about some of the most interesting personalities he's ever met. There were some really fun stories in there. And he gave his best advice on turning your art into a thriving If you haven't followed Watching New York yet, I highly recommend going on Instagram right now at Watching New York and getting in there. When I say a thriving community, I truly mean it. He has such interesting people in the comments every week. It is truly a community that loves New York City, loves being inspired by fashion. And I'm such a huge fan of this account. And it's an account I actively look at every day. Actually, it's an account that I look at sometimes when I want style inspiration because it's really just every day. Real style. And I absolutely love that. And I think that's something that we need a little bit more of in the world today. So I hope you guys love today's episode and you love following Watching New York. If you haven't followed our show yet, find us wherever you listen to your podcast and make sure you follow us, rate, and leave a review. Thank you for tuning in. Have an amazing week ahead, everyone. Here's my conversation with my friend, Johnny Cirillo. How are you? I'm great. How are you?
0: I'm great, actually. Yeah. Well,
1: I'm really excited to meet in person somewhat, IRL. Yeah, I know. know. (laughs) I've been such a fan for so long. I remember when I first saw your Instagram pop up. I'm in fashion and street style, I think, is something that has gone in waves in terms of popularity, in terms of the way that it's been presented, especially during Fashion Week. I feel like it's been something that can at times be controversial and then at times be incredibly adored. And your feed was just something that I was so attracted to it felt so real and it felt so true to New York if you've ever lived in New York it felt like you were just watching literally watching New York jump off the page so oh
0: cool thanks man
1: I really love what you do and I think you're so incredibly talented so I'm so excited oh to God. talk to you and get to know thank you, you more of
0: what course. a great compliment I appreciate it. thank you I've been listening to your podcast and I really like what you do as well
1: thank you I appreciate that let's jump right in I would love to hear what was your beginnings of becoming a photographer
0: Ooh, the Genesis. We're going way back.
1: Genesis way back.
0: I think I discovered that I enjoyed photography when I was in um, eighth grade. My mom gave me this like old camera and I took it to school and I played around with it. And I really loved when I got the pictures developed and it gave me something to bring to school and like show all my friends. And they were like, oh, my God, like, look at them, you know, like. So I enjoyed that process of taking a picture and bringing it back in and showing them. And then I kind of always carried a camera with me from around eighth grade. And then in 11th grade, I joined the photography club. And that's when things like really popped off. When I started like really learning how to develop my own photos, graduated high school. My mom and dad bought me like a really nice camera for high school graduation. And then I built my own dark room and then I continued my own journey for many years i graduated high school a long long time ago and i just did freelance photography for many years and weddings and events and stuff like that and personal projects up and down like the wazoo whenever i could like for fun and watching new york was one of those personal projects that just tumbled into what it is now
1: i studied photography in high school and i totally relate to what you're saying I spent hours in the dark room and was yeah. and you kind of become obsessed with it. And I think there was also such a sense of like solace that you found in that room. Totally. Quite literally incredibly dark. Mm-hmm. There was a smell to it. Yeah. And I think for me, studying photography was really the beginning of the art that I do today. It was this idea of storytelling, capturing moments. And like sure. I'll never forget those days that I had in the dark room felt so
0: Yeah. So peaceful formative. and formative. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I <laughs> Incredibly know yeah, formative. It's, it's therapeutic for sure. I, I remember like losing myself in there and missing classes. Like I'd hear the bell yes. go off and I'd be like, well, I'm developing. I can't leave. You know what I mean? Like can't do it. They're, on, they're drying. Like, you know what I mean? Like adios English class. You know what I mean? Like I just, I just kept on going and it is, it's a really peaceful place now.
1: I know that you said that watching New York was one of your many side projects, but what was the day you started it? What was the, the ethos behind it?
0: The day I started it was a little bit different than it was right now, but it was the day that Bill Cunningham had passed away. The great New York Times fashion photographer, Bill wow. Cunningham. Wow. I loved him. I thought he was amazing. I never knew him personally, but when he died, you know, you feel like, you know, people that you follow and that you read about and watch on TV and stuff. So when they die, there's a sadness there. Also, I just enjoyed his photography. And, and there's the sadness of, oh, now we can never see anything new. You got a long, big archive, which is so much fun. But there's something nice about the current, the current situation, what he's putting out weekly or whatever. And he was such an inspiration. Like just being his age, still doing it. It was just such a, a badge of passion to me that I was like, man, that's like, that's passion. That's real passion. You know, he would have done it for free for all those years. And then so the day that he died, I just thought it would be fun to go out. And I've never, did, never shot Street fashion, but I just went out for, for the day and just did it. I just, I just took my camera and I tried to kind of do what he did just to kind of feel what he was feeling. And then I kind of enjoyed the process. I went home, I showed Kristen, my wife, and she was like, oh, these are really fun. I'm like, oh, you know what? Maybe I'll do a series. Maybe I'll do a little series. So I went back out and then I just kept on going. And then I, it became such a fun thing to me that I was like, I became obsessed. I was like, I was out all day until the sun went down, trying to find better places, lighting, buildings where the sun was coming up and down. Like I just got involved, you know, and then I just got interested in it. And it became something I was thinking about as soon as I woke up and I would edit and. Think about before I went to sleep and it became an obsession. I just loved it. And I just never stopped doing it. I just kept on doing it. And that's, I never promoted it. I never, it just naturally became what it is. I, I never pushed for anything. It just, it just naturally happened, which was really cool.
1: So walk me through what like a day of shooting for watching New York is like. Do you always go to the same spot? What's tell, tell me the setup? I've been
0: going to a lot of different spots now for a long time. When I first started, I was all over the place, everywhere in the city, anywhere I can imagine, anywhere my feet or my skateboard would take me, I would go. And then we had a baby and we were, you know, then I had to the days when I was free and my wife would be like, yeah, go out for a couple hours. I would have to stay kind of close just in case, you know, oh, I need you. And then there was a lot of days where I would just take him in the stroller, baby sleep a ton. So I would put him in the stroller. I love and that. It's a
1: great story to tell him when he's older.
0: Yeah. There's so many pictures that I, I took. The majority of the pictures from from 2018 are pushing him in a stroller and just taking what I could, doing what I can. And then as he got a little bit older, I started venturing out further. And now I have my favorites. You know, I have my favorite neighborhoods that I visit because there's foot traffic, a lot of foot traffic and a high volume of good style in those areas. Like, I'm not going to go to. I'm not going to say a place, but let's just say I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, Where is I'm not this going I'm not going to go to a certain neighborhood that I know and I'm going to stand there for eight hours and never take a picture. You know, you got to go to the right. high concentrated areas and I have a bunch of places that I like, but a day typically is, I mean, I'll run you through like two days ago. I started off at around 1130 in Soho and I just walked Soho all over. I went into Tribeca. I I. I walked around for five or six hours, probably up and down just the the streets. And then at around three, I split and I went into Williamsburg and I shot in Williamsburg until the sun went down. So those are like my two locations. That's a lot of where I spend the day. But yeah, so that's pretty much I just kind of walk around. I put my headphones in. I chill out. It's 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 another form of therapy for me where I just relax and think and look and, you know, absorb what I see and enjoy.
1: Totally. I think a lot of people enjoy it. I mean, people say New York has the best people watching in the world. So yeah. why not document it?
0: I do love the people watching. I also, I love the challenge of getting the photo right. You know, it, it, there's a, there's another layer for me as far as like, okay, that's an amazing outfit that I don't want to miss, but I also don't want to just mail it in and half ass it and just snap it from the side. And I want to get it right. So that part is a good challenge for me where I'll run blocks up ahead to, to get the right shot with the right background and get the lighting right. You know, sometimes it takes me four or five blocks to get it right. There's little wrinkles to it that I enjoy that is more than just, oh, that that looks nice. You know, there's a lot more behind the majority of the photos than than I think a lot of people realize.
1: I mean, there are millions of people that are walking on the street every day. What is it that catches your eye? What is it that you're like, I need to run four blocks up to shoot that person?
0: There's a lot of things that factor into it. Sometimes it's just their attitude, the way that they walk. I just can't take my eyes off of them. There's a lot of people like that, that I say, wow, you got a confidence. And then I just want to take their picture. You know, there's a lot of trends that I follow. Obviously, I have probably 50 folders going where Whatever it may be, you know, whatever it is where I'm filling them constantly, whatever bucket hats, overalls, large denim jackets, you know, whatever it is. So when I see those, oh, I want to I want to get one. I want to put that in a folder. You know, I mean, oh, there's another one. Let me go get that one. You know, those things fill up a lot of the day. And then there's the really bold, like the different, the unique where you're like, I've never. Of course, you can see somebody in a beautiful three piece suit that looks dashing. And amazing. And you say, I got to take your photo. But we've seen it before. But it still looks nice. And it's still nice to look at. It. It's still nice to be reminded that that's a really cool look. It's a classic. But then there's other ones where you've never seen this before. Like, I got to get this. This is, And if I've never seen it before in New York, then the chances are a lot of people in the rest of the world probably haven't seen it either, which makes it something I really want to obtain. You know, I really want to get that and I want to share it right in a way that it it delivers in the way that the person intended it to deliver. You know, that's my intention.
1: We'll be right back after a quick break. Do you take a multivitamin? Here's why you should. Here's a crazy stat. Did you know that over 97% of women ages 19 to 50, hi, probably us, are not getting enough vitamin D from their diet and 95% are not getting the recommended daily intake of key omega-3s? I don't know how we got here, but Ritual has a solution. And I know so many of you guys are Ritual fans, as am I, and I have a code for all of us today. Those gaps in the diet should never be ignored, which is why I started taking Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin every morning. They come in the cutest bottle, the capsules are clear, and I actually also got the men's multivitamin for my boyfriend too. And here's what we love about them. It's a transparent daily multivitamin that's formulated with nutrients to help support brain health, bone health, blood health, and provide antioxidant support. It's so good that they actually invested in a gold standard university-led clinical trial to prove the impact of essential for women 18 plus multivitamin. The results, essential for women 18 plus was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. The clinical study was published in a leading scientific journal called Frontiers in Nutrition. A published clinical study like this is a huge deal and a serious commitment to a first-of-its-kind standard in the industry. Ritual is committed. They do third-party tested from USP and the Non-GMO Project. They're traceable and vegan-friendly, and always clear communication. No shady stuff, things I can't pronounce, or things I just can't see. It's my all-in-one vitamin that lets me know that my body is getting all of the nutrients that it needs. And right now, Ritual is offering you guys 10% off your first three months. Visit ritual.com backslash friend and turn all those healthy habits into a ritual. That's 10% off at ritualcom backslash friend. Just like Johnny in this episode, I find myself frequently on the go. And I've learned that the most important thing to keeping my head on straight is to stay organized. I'm a planner. I have sticky notes, to-do notes, any kind of note. I probably have it somewhere. And it's all that so I can just be on the go, but stay healthy and sane. Do you ever notice that when you're super busy, you barely make time to eat? So you reach for maybe those not-so-good things that are quick, but probably actually slow you down and aren't as efficient? Well, I've been using Sakara for years now to keep me feeling my best, nourished, and not have to worry about ordering or cooking food during a busy workday. Sakara is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine, on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants. Sakara gives you the tools you need to transform your life with their organic, ready-to-eat meal delivery program and functional wellness essentials. Their nutritionally designed, chef-crafted breakfasts, lunch, and dinners are all made with powerful plant-rich ingredients, helping boost your energy, support your digestion, curb your sugar cravings, and get your skin glowing. Plus, it's all delivered right to my door, ready to eat. Breakfast is really my hardest meal. I'm so energized in the morning and barely have time to think about food, but I love knowing that I have Saqqara in the fridge. Also, dinner time, a tough one. After a busy day of work, I never know what to order. I forgot to go to the market. So having Saqqara ready to go in the fridge keeps me in check in the most convenient way. I love their zucchini muffin for breakfast. It's so easy, on the go. I also love my all-time favorite, the coconut praline granola with antioxidant cacao milk. All of Sakara's products are designed to support your wellness goals anytime, anywhere. And right now, Sakara is offering you guys 20% off your first order when you go to sakaracom slash friend or enter code friend at checkout. That's sakara s-a-k-a-r-a dot com slash friend to get 20% off your first order. Saqqara.com slash friend. Now, let's get back to the show. It's so interesting to me looking through your feed. It feels so, it's always very like joyful and hopeful. And I find yeah. that people don't think of New Yorkers in that way.
0: I know. I know. Actually, today there was a little controversy on my post. So my wife had to sit me down and have like a talking with me, like, dude, you know what? People come here for a positive experience, you know? And when, when you right. start putting things that, and there's there's a part of me that feels like it's I'm not I'm not claiming to be a photojournalist, but there is something photojournalistic about documenting what's going on in New York, especially when I'm interviewing people. And, you know, we talk about current events and stuff like that and things that are going on in the world. So Kristen thinks it's not the best idea to put out a negative vibe sometimes where I kind of feel not responsible, but good to not discriminate or or you know all all people should have should be able to say what they want so there is some debate on what i should do going forward
1: i can understand how that's a struggle I, but i think a lot of people on social media face that where you know you have this profile you can be sharing really positive things but sometimes you also want to share your opinion on maybe things going on in the world or it's not always going to be butterflies and rainbows and i also think For you, you're sharing the fabric of New York. And that's not always going to be perfect either.
0: Right. Thank you. I wish everybody understood that. You know what I mean? And I I don't want to defend myself constantly, but it's it's weird when you open up Instagram and you get a huge mailbox full of messages that are really hateful. Like, why did you share this? I have to unfollow you. It's like, well, why? You know, I don't know. What, What do you want me to say? I'm just trying to be honest and put out what I'm seeing. You know, I don't. Right. Do you not follow a newspaper? Do you are going to you know quit you know your subscription to the newspaper because they posted something you didn't like? I don't know. I, I you know, I just try to keep it real and post what I see. I also put a lot of work into it, you know, with these interviews and right. stuff and I try to edit them carefully in a way that, you know, is fair for everybody. But it doesn't always go that way. So what can you do? You know. If you don't want to follow it, I guess that's that's your that's your that's your decision, but I'm just trying to <laughs> represent truly what's going on I don't I wouldn't I would never want to just do the same thing every day every day every day and everyone says oh New York is the most beautiful special happy place in the world I happen to believe that but there's other people here too you know it's not just you know these great lovely characters there's other things going on so sometimes you need to talk about it
1: I also think we're in a moment right now where we're really quick to judge things like you put out thousands of posts and yeah. because somebody doesn't like one, they're going to come at you and unfollow you and, and cause a heated moment between you and that person. Yeah. And I find that to be super interesting. Like your profile is, is art. You create that art every single day. Art is subjective, but that doesn't mean that person should. I find that when I hear people like unfollow or, you know, go in the DMs and are really mean over one thing, it's like, I would rather have that person reach out to you and be like, hey. Let's talk about why you posted this. Like, what was the vibe of the person versus like being like, oh, I hate that. So I'm getting it out of my ether forever. That to me, it feels a little disturbing as if like we're curating our lives a little too closely to things that don't challenge us.
0: Right. Totally. You nailed it. That's a perfect way to say it.
1: I want to talk about these interviews a little bit because I also think that I'm a big fan of these kind of like anthology Instagrams where you really are on the street meeting new people telling those stories. And I think you do an incredible job of that. What is that kind of moment of approaching that person, getting to know them? And I know that you also, with everything you post, you ask them if you're allowed to be posting them, right?
0: I do. Every photo so I take, even.
1: You meet so many new people every day.
0: I've met so many people. It's a great yeah. way to make friends, too. Like, I've Incredibly. made a lot of really good friends. Every experience is different. And it's kind of what I look at it as. It's an experience. They're all fun in their own way. I, I, I generally, genuinely love people. I've always asked a bazillion questions my whole life. And I think that this is just like, I would, I always get called out for it. Like whenever I meet, even when we're at a barbecue, whatever, when I was younger, and he, oh, you're whatever someone's job is, I, I want to know all the things. So I ask a lot of questions. So I'm generally just curious. When somebody's dressed in a certain way, to me, there's something very artistic about them. And I'm interested in artists and, and the way that they think. So the, conversations, especially in New York, people are in a rush always. Everybody's rushing around. So the, con- the beginning of my interviews are always a little bit stiff when I'm like, hey, say,
1: when someone stops me in the street in New York, I like freeze.
0: Totally. That's exactly yeah. the vibe. I'd yeah. like to think that I disarm them fairly quickly because a lot of times the guard gets let down and we have a fully like a full conversation that it feels like you've known this person forever. Some people go deep, deep into their lives with me. And I don't always share everything because, boy, that was really personal. You know, and, and I I'll say like, I, I'll keep that between us, you know, whatever. But it always starts off a little bit like, yeah, I'm wearing. I always start off with what are you wearing? You know, talk to me. And that loosens them up a little bit. And then I ask where you're headed. What are you doing? What, what's going on in your life? And then we just chat and I usually record them from for anywhere between five and 12 minutes. By the end, it's like we don't even want to we want to keep on chatting. I'll usually stop the camera and hang out for another 20 minutes sometimes. And we just talk, you know, and I love it. I really love it. It's really fun.
1: I mean, it's very much like stop and smell the roses because I feel like people do not do that in New York.
0: Those are those New York moments that people the best. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't experience them enough because I think that there is a stigma about, oh, New York is, I, I, I haven't had 100% great experiences. I stop and talk to a lot of people. And there have been a handful of people that have really been not taking it well, you know, like have told me, you know, leave, leave me alone, get away from me, or been a little bit aggressive towards me. It happens, but it's very, very rare. The majority of the people, when you approach them, especially kindly with a compliment, want to talk. You know, and and, and me, you, on our social medias and in our our other lives, it looks like we have it all, all of us, the way that we are, you know, but we, for the most part, all, me too, you, whoever, can use another friend, can use somebody, a different opinion, somebody else to talk to, and strangers are nice to talk to, they don't, you know, no one's the pleasantries aren't there as much where it's like, oh, Olivia, like, yeah, you know, our history or whatever. It's more like this is who I am. And, you know, I don't know. There's something very refreshing about talking to a stranger.
1: Is there a story that sticks out most to you that you still kind of think about often
0: from talking to people? Yeah. Oof, man, so many. I really liked this one. I was uh, I photographed these two identical twin girls walking down the street holding arms interlocking arms and i stopped them and you know one of them was had tears in her eyes but happy like kind of happy tears i was like guys i just i like i explained what i do and they were like oh cool that's awesome so i just said you know i just i'm curious like what are you guys up to today what are you doing one of the twins has a baby and the other twin has been trying for a very long time to have a baby And this was, they just had come from their first, I don't know if I'm saying this right, IVF? Yeah. Yeah. So like, this was like the first step in a really positive direction. And then the twins went together and they were holding hands. One of them had tears in her eyes and it was beautiful. It was just like one of those moments that I was like, God, that's just, that's incredible, you know? So many
1: people walk by you every day in New York and you have no idea where they're coming from, where they're going. There's always something though.
0: Everybody has a story, you know, even if you look at the page, I'm sure you're familiar with Darnell. He's a guy that's always on my page. He's got impeccable style, unbelievable. And he thrifts everything. Basically it's an art form that I think should be celebrated. It's really amazing what he can do. And I knew him for, over a year, before I really asked him, "Where are you from? Like, like you know, your 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 real self? Like, where is your where where, where is your like soul from? Like, well, you know, not what town are you born in?" And he told me how he was pretty much raised in a in a in a foster home, like a group home. And I didn't know yeah. that. And he told me about his experience of coming out as a, as a young guy to his mom when it wasn't, you, mom, his mom really didn't, you know, let's just say he wasn't accepted by all the people in his life that he had hoped uh, he would have been. And very touching, you know what I mean? And, and um, I got a little boy at home and you think about how a kid is raised and stuff and every person that you walk by has, has an interesting story and, and Darnell turned out to be an amazing person. He's, he showers everybody with love and kindness but he'd been through a lot, you know, he's been through a real lot. So it's, it's, it is interesting to talk to people because if you, if you meet him, you would never know that he had this tough background or where he came from. And then, you know, you talk to him and he opens up and you, and, and you realize, wow, you haven't had it that easy and you're doing great, you know? So I don't know. There's all different kinds of stories and people that you meet that are just fun and interesting to talk to.
1: We'll be right back after a quick break. It's that time of year again where the weather is changing and that means my skin is changing and I'm sure so many of you can relate to that and I definitely do not want to have to wear cover up at the beach this year. So I want to share a skincare solve that has been a game changer for me in getting my skin under control again and why I am so excited to be partnering with Apostrophe, the sponsor of this episode. Apostrophe is a prescription skincare company that offers science-backed oral and topical medications that are clinically proven to help clear acne. At Apostrophe, a board-certified dermatologist will create a personalized treatment plan that is perfectly tailored to your unique skin. Simply fill out Apostrophe's online quiz about your skin goals and medical history, snap a few selfies, and a board-certified dermatologist will create your customized treatment plan. And Apostrophe treats all types of acne, from hormonal acne to facial acne, and even chest knee, back knee, and butt knee. They treat breakouts from head to toe. They also help with redness, texture, dark spots, and any of your skin concerns, they have your back. There is nothing worse than waking up with a breakout, but knowing that I could get instant help made it a thousand times better. I didn't need to call in, make an appointment, wait for availability, sit in a waiting office, then go to the pharmacy and wait for my medications. It was so nice to know my treatment plan was from a real dermatologist and that my plan was tailored to me all without the hassle. And we have a special deal for all of you guys today. Save $15 off your first visit with an apostrophe provider at apostrophe.com slash olivia when you use my code olivia and this code is only available to our listeners so to get started just go to apostrophe.com slash olivia and click begin visit then use the code olivia at sign up and you'll get your first visit for only five dollars that's dot com slash olivia and use that code olivia to get your dermatologist crafted treatment plan for five dollars and we thank apostrophe for sponsoring this episode Earlier, you were talking about trend folders that you have, and I find that to be super interesting, especially just year round. I feel like something that bothers me about the fashion industry is that, you know, we look at this like very specific four week cycle twice a year, just to kind of dictate what the trends are. But for me, I always see the trends every day in New York City, what people are putting on every day. What's comfortable? What's cool? What their friends are wearing? What they're wearing when, we're, when they're like all together going out? So, we would love to hear from you what you think right now. You're seeing the most.
0: Mm, the most? Um, it's still a very like '90s Y2K totally. scenario going on, which is especially fun. in New York, big time. I love, I love all the extra denim that I've been seeing, or like just the wide-legged trousers. I love the, I love oversized stuff. I'm a lot of oversized huge, huge denim jackets that are going over hands, you know, hands are being hidden while they're walking inside these big pieces of denim. My favorite that I love that I think has really been ramping up more and more every year. And I think we're here now I think we're at a spot now where it's becoming the biggest thing is homemade items or altered items that people are creating on their own because there is only one of them. People like to stand out, you know.
1: I saw your post the other day of all the, you know, things that people have been making from home, whether it was like that yeah. really cool, like grandma blanket jacket. Yes, totally. All that is so cool to me. There's, uh, she's a dear friend of mine. She, I don't know if you know of Sammy Miro, but she has her own company called Sammy Miro Vintage. And all she does is make one of ones. Oh, you like got link Like I will. She's awesome. And she has incredible style. And I think that she's really, she's been around for a really long time. And I love that she's kind of put that out there in the fashion industry. I think that she's really one of the only people doing it on like a designer level. And I think that that's, it's an incredible, incredible,
0: yeah, I'm so
1: I'm so happy for her. I love that she's doing that because it's encouraging other people to do it, too. And yeah. the sustainability aspect of it, I think, is of so course. important for fashion. Well,
0: and thrifting, too, is is ex- yeah. has exploded. And which is also there's the history there, which is really nice. You know, where did this come from? This old these old threads that are like from the 70s, like there is stories there and history. And and there's not as many of them, obviously, or the condition that they're in. So there's lots of things going on. But I think, oh, this was cool. I shot the other day for GQ. I shot the Balenciaga cool. the arrivals for Balenciaga. I don't do that oh, that street. often. So about a year ago, or maybe even more, I saw uh, a person in, walking around in Brooklyn with a pair of slacks around their neck. Right? I saw
1: that photo. That was crazy. And they were like, yep. it almost was like a, um, not a crop top, but like, it, it was like a crossbody.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah. And at the freaking Balenciaga show the other day, I saw somebody come in there with the same thing.
1: So this is what I think is so probably crazy for you. New York street style defines the world style. Those trends that come up are are seen by the biggest designers and are then, it trickles into like the greater ether of fashion. And that must be so crazy for you to see that small moment and then see it
0: walking into
1: one of the biggest fashion shows in the world.
0: Yeah, there was two people. One person was wearing it and the other person had created it. So when I was talking to the other person, I said, what made you do this? They were like, I don't know. I just thought it would be fun. I was going to throw out the jeans. There was a huge tear on one side of them. So I tried to make it into a shirt, like a, like a, like a top, a piece. And now, and it was, it worked. It worked so well. It was so like, I don't even know how to explain it. I'm not in the fashion world the way that you are. I'm in the world of an experience. What I see, I'm enjoying the photography, the art of the way that people dress themselves and walk down the street. So I don't even know how to, express myself in a fashionable way when I'm when I'm explaining what this looked like. I just know that it caught my eye in a unique way that the majority of the people that were walking by, I can see them like, what is that? They wearing pants around their neck. You know, like it's so that's what I really enjoy about it. But it was was really cool to see it walking into like the Balenciaga show. I was like, dang, man, that's awesome.
1: What was it like being outside the Balenciaga show? Because having gone to fashion week shows before, it's very hectic. There's like the pit of photographers. And there's also been a lot of controversy and conversation about street style photographers during fashion week and the need for more inclusivity and diversity in photos and just how, you know, those specific photos during that week feel actually polar opposite of what you do. They feel very staged. They feel very kind of forced. And unfortunately, those photos are the photos that kind of dictate fashion moving forward. So would love to hear kind of what that experience was like for you being well, someone who is polar opposite.
0: Sure. First of all, Balenciaga did it right. They right. roped off the entire street, so the pit. It was also a very, very wide street. So the photographers, there was probably a hundred photographers there on both sides of the street, but they were roped off.
1: Got it. In
0: the middle, where people they were, were
1: roped off inside, within the rope, or outside of the rope. On
0: the out, they were on the outside okay. of the rope. The you know okay. paparazzi, let's say, they were on the outside of the rope. I really appreciated the way that they set that up, though, because I think that they know that there's a lot of power in social media and photographs. And it's important to, to set up a good photo and to get it right instead of packing us into a mosh pit and hoping that somebody gets a good shot. You know, so I really appreciated that. I thought that was really cool. I always love it. I, I love breaking it up. You know, 99 percent of the time I do my street, my regular street fashion. Now and then, especially twice a year, fashion week or whatever in the winter and the summer. I like to mix it up. I like to change it up and do do different things. It's fun.
1: I appreciate the authentic- authenticity of it because I think it's gotten to a point for me. I always find it really difficult when I see, you know, people walking into Fashion Week and it's like, you know, oh, come over here, let's get this really staged shot. And while I love those shots and like I'm totally a consumer and, and also participate in some of those shots, yeah. I really love these kind of authentic getting people out of the car, walking in yeah. part things that feel like everyday life. And I, I really appreciate that. And yeah, I also think that that's, you know, I feel like I see that so much more on Instagram now, more than I ever have in the past. In the past, really? I felt like it's been very staged and very like, okay, pose here with a cool background. Now I feel like the things that I really gravitate towards are people that are kind of taking me along through life with them. Things that kind of feel like I'm a fly on the wall with. Yeah, agreed, um, agreed. And, and I also think that that for me is a very welcome shift on Instagram. It feels more relatable. It feels more accessible. It doesn't yes. feel as like like fourth wall viewer right, of your right. life.
0: Yeah, so I agree. I, I think I agree.
1: this is all like all of it to me feels like a really exciting shift in terms of the way that we view other people too.
0: Yeah, yeah, a little bit more. I, I don't even know how to explain it, but I know what you mean. It, it, you, you feel like you're there for the ride a little bit more, like you're really right. sitting in the front seat with somebody and getting yeah. a, a, an honest view of what's happening. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: With your work, you've built obviously a crazy following on Instagram and TikTok. You have close to a million followers. What is your best piece of advice for listeners right now who might be aspiring creatives who want to build a business out of the things that they love to do?
0: I'll say something that doesn't have as much to do with what you're passionate about and ha- hard work. Those things are important. I th- do you think that it's very important to have friends that support you and encourage you and lift you up? I think that growing up in high school, I was a little bit different, not, not oddball by any means, but I think that I was viewed as different. And, you know, generally, I think wanting to be a photographer is not something that an older generation would understand or a lot of people, you know, they want to be teachers, you know, whatever it is. But I had friends like, one friend like my friend andy andy larson this kid that i went to high school with always supported me when other people would be like this is weird you're weird why did you do that to your hair that's weird he'd be like that's cool you know i mean do do you dude you're always you and he and i think about him all the time you know because and then we're still friends and and he will encourage me but he'll also double check me when i'm like you know he'll be like ah dude I don't know if that's a good look—not not 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 a physical look—but you know, if I did something right. that you know, maybe that's not a, you know. He's always honest with me, and my whole entire life, Andy's encouraged me. I think everybody needs an Andy, somebody like Andy, who
1: I totally agree.
0: You know what I mean? And it's yeah. important because Andy is really smart. Andy has, is is the smartest guy I know. And when somebody now, I'm just picking Andy. There's a lot of people that I have in my life that are very supportive. My mom and dad, my brother, my wife, a lot of people. But Andy didn't have any reason to support me besides believing in me. And, and it gave me a lot of confidence and courage to do things, whether he knew that or not, you know, and he continues to do that. So my one piece of advice would be don't don't if you, you got to cut the fat sometimes and you don't have to right. get rid of your friends. But, you know, don't listen to the people that, you know, when you're passionate about something and they're naysayers you know, g- gravitate towards the people that are doing the things that you like to do or that appreciate what you're doing. It's nice to be in a creative environment with other people that support you, whether they're creative or not. It doesn't really matter. I think that support is is really important and encouragement. So it's, it, it goes a long, long way, in my opinion. Yeah.
1: Are we thinking a book in the future? What can we look forward to?
0: I'm working on one at the moment. I'm in negotiation. That's so so uh, we're at the stage where HarperCollins, a really great publisher. Go
1: HarperCollins. Yeah.
0: Reached out and was like, hey, we want to make a book. So I have a literary agent and we've, you know, now we're we're negotiating. We're trying to figure out what the book is going to be. It's really fun. But I am that's awesome. super excited to have something that will, like, hopefully live on forever, you know, yeah. besides an Instagram account or whatever.
1: We need more archives of fashion from today's world. I think it's yeah. really interesting to see how that's going to in 30 years, how we're going to look back on this time. I don't think Especially, I'm going to want to look through an Instagram. I think I'm going to want to look through something physical. Of course,
0: of course. I'm working on it. I got some ideas, some weird, fun ideas. Love
1: yeah, that.
0: We're looking, we're looking into it.
1: Johnny, this was so much fun. I'm so glad I got to meet you in chat. Thank you so much for coming on today and sharing all this with Thank us. Thank
0: you. This was great. I needed Good, this. I'm so
1: glad. Good. Excellent. Good. Good ther- Dark room therapy session. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode of Friend of a Friend. I hope you loved the show. Before we leave, I just want to give a shout out to some people who have left reviews recently because they absolutely make my day. They help the show grow. And I appreciate you guys so much for taking the time to leave them. I just got one the other day that said, there's no better way to start the week. Mondays are my favorite day of the week. And I never thought I would say that. I always leave the show feeling inspired, motivated, and educated in something new truly that there is no better review to get for me. The show is all about bringing new ideas and new education to you guys. And I love that you walk away feeling like you've learned something new or met something new. So thank you so much for saying that. I'm going to start reading reviews at the end of the episode, just to give you guys a shout out and really thank you for your time. I love that you guys spend Mondays with me. I so appreciate this hour. I look forward to it every week and I hope you guys have a great week ahead.